This episode is brought to you by Thrive Cosmetics and Bulldog Yoga. We are very excited to have them on board, making our show a possibility. Welcome to If These Ovaries Could Talk. <laughs> I'm Jamie. I'm Robin. And we're your hosts. Let me show you. How do I get the sperm through custom? I am a lesbian. So gay. So gay. We need to tell our story. It's not your nuclear family anymore. It's not just your mom and dad thing. We're not ruining these little humans. Not for the gay reason. Just because <laughs> we stick. Hello, hello, hello. Jamie Welcome is, to I just want to give a, a little warning that Jamie is slap happy because she has no children in the house. You guys, you guys, my children are finally out of the house. I, Robin, I just Jamie? want you, I want you to know and I want everybody out there to know how proud I feel of myself for making it through these past two weeks without child care help oh, and God. working through it. And I made uh. it and I did it. And I'm like the sense of accomplishment you feel over the silliest, littlest things as a mother, right? Like, isn't that true? Isn't that true? I was just telling Jamie, I was feeling so proud because I had a conversation about consent with my, my almost 12 year old daughter. God. And I was like, look at me, I pat myself on it's the back. Like, it's like, it's real. This is real. The struggle was real. But like on Saturday, I had <sighs> this moment, like I woke up and then I had this moment like, oh my God, I made it through. I did it. And I was good. I was a good mom. I, I was I good. I barely put him on screens. Like, I was with my three-year-old 24-7 just and trying to work on the playground. I think when we come out of this, we're going to be... She, By the way, I don't know if you saw social posts. Like, she had her, her, her computer and was taking meetings at the playground like she was, like, rock. I mean, it was ridiculous. But- I was that mom on the playground. I feel bad for all the other people on the playground. Taking Zoom calls. Oh, it was awful. I hate those moms. It was moms. embarrassing. But I had to do it. I feel like when we come out of this, whenever that is, and we get back to something that's normal, I'm going to have a, a huge part of me that's just jumping up and down and excited and happy. But there is going to be a part of me that is a little sad. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's like we have all been together and it's been this very like little house in the prairie trapped in a house together. Pa kind of feeling. <laughs> I mean, there's no pa. So it's funny. We, that we got you no pa. pa. Well, because she's always talking to him. The mom is really nobody on that show. Let's be yeah, honest. Only dads count, right? Yeah. He was always given the words of advice and of wisdom. And the mom would just be like, you listen to your pa. <laughs> anyway, I'm proud of Thank you, Jamie. You. I am very proud of you. Congrats. I, I spent so much time on the playground that I got to know all the other nannies that he hangs out. I got to know all the other kids. I got to see an aspect that I wouldn't have seen. It was special but also very hard and i made it so yeah it's hard to work and have kids at home that never leave it it, it just is and i don't think there's any way around that period full stop full stop all right let's get into our next okay. thing because oh my god I th- but let's not say anything let's just play this voice memo this was a from a listener dm'd us this voice memo and i had to like download some chrome thing to my browser to be able to download it and rip it off of um, Instagram. But I was so glad they sent it that I was like, oh my God, can we put this in an episode? (laughs) Let's hit play. Let's hit play. Helen, play. My name is Meredith and my wife, Courtney, and I are trying to have a baby. We have been listening to your podcast since its start and we are just obsessed with you guys. And we bought our sperm yesterday. We are so excited. We dropped the thousands of dollars, but we were dying of laughter at the end because we realized that the woman helping us purchase the sperm over the phone, her name was Helen. We were dying because we were just so excited that Helen got off her ass and she did some work and she helped us buy sperm. We have just been thinking of you guys every step of the way. We're so thankful just for all of the stories that you've shared. 
to just make us feel not alone. And we were just glad that Helen was by our side. <laughs> I, I like, I can't, I love that so much. The image of, for me, when I listen to that, the image of them having some very weird laughing yes, response totally. about Helen. And then this poor woman being like, are you making fun of my name? <laughs> poor Helen. Like, I, I, it's, it's my name is just Helen. What, what, but why is that so that funny? They both just cracked up. And, and then like, did they tell her that there's a made up character named Helen on If These Ovaries <laughs> Could Talk? And was she like, what? I'm always shocked that more people don't know about this podcast. The funny thing is, is like, I'm actually happy that Helen has a part-time job because it explains why she's never doing anything for us, It just Jamie. doesn't seem like the kind of job Helen would be doing, you know? Like, I wouldn't imagine that they'd allow smokers in the bank. I just... Or that they would allow non-helpful people in the bank. Oh, my God, Helen. Uh, if you, But you know what? By the way, we are going to be interviewing these two based, like, they sent us this and then we had a whole conversation and they wanted to share their story. I love that this is how we get some oh of God. our stories. So please... Like, never be shy with us. Send us send us whatever you want to send us. Who knows where it'll lead us? And we love it. Yeah, we it makes do. us laugh. We love you guys. That's one of the highlights of the week. That and me winning. <laughs> winning. Hashtag winning. Okay. Let's give a special shout out to our newest Patreon member, Kathleen Chandler. I think you said it right. I think so. Kathleen Chandler. Thank you for joining our Patreon. Thank you, Kathleen Chandler, for joining our Patreon community. We are so happy you're here. <laughs> Um, and if you want to join our Patreon community and help us make the content for LGBTQ families, you're not only going to help us make the show, but you're also going to get bonus content. And at the gestational carrier level, you'll get video interviews of most our episodes and they are dropped a day early. So if any of that appeals to you, you're going to just head over to Patreon, as Jamie likes to say, mm -hmm. patreon.com slash ovaries talk. And you're going to join yeah, us. My mother very much loves those live video interviews she really loves them and she likes that they're a day early so she can get on top of it and then call me about it <laughs> on a sunday <laughs> on sunday okay our <sighs> guest let's talk guest our guest minna dubin what a delight i know i loved her explain explain how we got a little flack on the social which happens right we do we do sometimes and they somebody was mad at us because we we haven't to date featured any couples who identify as queer but have made kids the old-fashioned way or basically, in short, might appear straight to the rest of the world. And so we got that feedback and we kicked it into high gear. We said, thank you very much. Noted. Kicked it into high gear. We asked our community, which is you guys, if you knew anyone that fit the bill and it would like to share their story. And Jamie's friend, Jesse reached out to us. My good friend reached out and she set up an intro with Minna and Minna is fantastic. You guys are going to love it. She's a mom. She's a writer. She's a queer lady who made a family with her partner who happens to be a man. All right. Wake up, Helen, and roll the tape. Helen. She's at the sperm bank, I know. Jamie. She left. She's not even here. She's, she's she, not even here. She didn't even tell us she had this job. And now she's out gallivanting at the sperm bank. How? You know what that's called? That's called a conflict of interest, Jamie. Sure is. I'll hit roll, I'll hit roll on my own. Call I'll roll HR the tape. Right now. I'm going to roll Where's the tape. Where's that HR do you team? See how, do you see how I just mimed like I was going to roll the tape? <laughs> what is, we're such actors. Okay. All right. <laughs> Hi, Minna. Hi, Minna. Hi. Welcome to our podcast. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to talk to you both. We're very excited to have you on. And we want to start where we always start with everybody, which is with the elevator pitch about you and your family. No pressure, Minna. No pressure. I'm already sweating. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Are you ready? I'm ready. On your mark. Get set. Go. 
I'm Minna Dubin, and I live in Berkeley, California, with my partner and my two kids. My kids are eight and four. My older one is a son, and then my daughter's the younger one. And I'm a writer, and I'm originally an East Coaster from Philly. Philly, what, what? And uh, (laughs) my partner's from Kentucky, and we moved out here about 10 years ago and never left, and we love it. Perfect. Look at that. 29 seconds. Look at you. Yes. Well done. (laughs) Minna, you came to us from a friend of mine, Jessie. Yeah. I was her camp counselor once upon a time. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Let's go into your family. How did it all get started? What's the deal? Gosh, I hate saying this. I feel shy saying this and being a Bay Area person, but I met my partner at Burning Man. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you did. People are really anti-Burning Man here. And also very pro. Like, I feel like people fall into two camps in the Bay Area. You either are a burner or you hate Burning Man people. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I met him there and I lived in Philadelphia and he was a lifeguard at the JCC pool (laughs) in San Francisco (laughs) at the time. Oh my God, I love that. And we met and totally fell in love and we're long distance for a long time. But you identify as a queer couple. Am I right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And we got some feedback that we needed to include that whole aspect of our community. So we are so thrilled to speak to you and just to hear your story and how it all pans out in this heteronormative world we all live in. Yeah, I think that it's actually a really big population and we just don't know it because heterosexuality is just assumed generally. And I experience that all the time being married to a cis man, you know. Right. Well, tell us about your your journey, like when you claimed queer and like, can you tell us about that a little bit? Sure. I came out as queer, maybe I was 26 or 25. I started, you know, experimenting right after college, basically. And, you know, I feel like every queer person kind of like looks back and is like, was I always queer? Like you look back on like the (laughs) early experiences and you're like, right. When we were like, seven and like naked you know like whatever you did like (laughs) practicing those french kisses i was gonna say like had a crush on my kindergarten teacher but sure (laughs) naked and and french kissing but yeah like in little tank top whatever anyway whatever (laughs) there you go yeah like for example like when i was with my mama we went on like a northeast college tour i asked her i remember asking her how would you feel if i was gay and you know and she said i would be sad that you might have a harder life but I look back on that and I'm like, how many straight people ask their parents that? Right, right. You know, so totally. I was only 17 when I asked that. But there's ways that I look back that I'm like, oh, right. That was always there. And yeah. do you think her answer deterred you from going down that route or earlier? No, not really. I mean, I mean it's not know, a I'm, terrible answer. It's not a terrible answer. And I'm sure that I'm for, I'm sure she would say that I'm like forgetting the good part, which was like, I would still love you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure she said something nice like that. (laughs) So, yeah. So I like experimented with women after college and like, you know, lightly dated here and there, but never had a a girlfriend and then met my partner and then fell in love and moved to Kentucky to be with him. You know, a year or two later, got engaged. I asked him to marry me. Yeah, you did. And then after we were engaged, that was when I felt the like, I have to tell everyone that I'm queer. I mean, I already knew I was queer. He knew I was queer. When we were long distance, we were, you know, able to, you know, we were allowed to hook up with other people. 
Oh. Does he identify as queer as well? He, um, I am not allowed to talk about his sexuality. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay, yeah. Great. But, and I thought about that, like how to answer that question. And, you know, if, if we're just going to say, right, if I'm just going to say I'm queer, do we still get to be a queer couple? And it's a really interesting question. Mm-hmm. You know, like how many queers are needed for a queer couple or <laughs> how many queers are needed to say it's a queer family? Yeah. I feel huh. like just one. Right? Uh, yeah, I, I that's what like. I think. So I'm gonna go with that. You're a part yeah. of the community. Yeah, that's yeah. it. That's how it goes. Well, and, and it's how you identify, which then makes the family queer. I mean, it just because you identify in that way. Yeah, that's what I think. That's what I think too. So right after you got married, you said you no. Pretty soon after we got engaged, before we were married, I felt this like I have to tell everybody. And why? Why was that? Do you think? I think I saw the closet door shutting. Mm. And I was like, I'm about to get married to this man. And if I don't tell everyone, I'm going to be straight for the rest of my life. Yeah. How do you get out of that? Because then you're really literally put in a box or or a closet. Exactly. It's so true. I would imagine that the minute you started dating him, you felt the closet door starting to shut on you. Not exactly. Because like I was saying, we were long distance for a while and we were dating other people at the time. And so, you know, I was dating men and women. I mean, not really dating, you know, we were in our early twenties. We were going out and drinking and hooking up with people. Like that's what we did, you know? (laughs) Well, those were good times. Right. Good times. We were young and like, it felt wild and open in this way that marriage felt like this just clamp Mm -hmm. that made me nervous. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and as soon as you get engaged or pregnant, I found that this happened at both of those points, which I thought was funny as a, as a gay woman. But like the things that the people come up to you and say, like, are you so excited? Like before our wedding, are you so excited? Are you nervous? And it was just this canned, like female response of women asking the same heteronormative questions all the time. And yeah. so I, 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 that does make sense to me that that would be a time where you would want to reclaim your queerness. Yeah. I don't think I even cognitively like thought about it. I just felt this really strong urge to like call everyone who I loved and tell them. <laughs> well, how'd that go? It was okay. You know, I mean, I'm fr- I'm like from a liberal family and my friends and everyone was kind of like, cool. Right. You know, <laughs> but okay. you're married, you know, you're still getting married right in, in six months. Right. So yeah. it kind of felt like I've described it in writing before as a shoulder shrug response. Like it doesn't really matter is how it sort of felt. It's not changing your trajectory in any right. way as far as right. they can see. Right. So, okay. Good. To was know. that okay with you or did you want more from people? I was so scared. Like not so I wasn't, it's not like I thought people were going to be like, I don't want to be your friend anymore. Like at all, but still like coming out is still scary. I think no matter what that, I think I was just so relieved to have it out of my mouth and have them be whatever about it and like move on to the next thing. Mm. Like I was just so relieved to have done it that I didn't feel disappointed. Only now looking back, am I like, oh, maybe congratulations were in order or like, like there's this way that like, I think when you come out, being celebrated is sort of nice. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, of course. And it's just an interesting perspective. I've never thought about this. Like, here you are feeling all those feelings that we feel when we have this burning secret inside of us and, and we need to tell. It's not that we even, for me, it wasn't even that I necessarily wanted to tell it. I had to tell it. I needed to get this out of me. Yet you're still going down this other path 
So people don't, it's not made as, as much of a big deal as it was for those of us who, who came out of the closet and, and then went down the gay path, I guess. Interesting. And there's this way that like, I made that choice for myself. Like, it's not that surprising that that's the reaction I got because I made the choice to not come out until I was already engaged, right? It was a sort of, it was a safe choice Mm -hmm. in a way, Mm -hmm. even though coming out is never, you know, safe. Right. And then, and then. I felt like I went right, like I got married. And even though I had come out, it was still just like, I went right into like heterosexual world. And right. we were just this heterosexual couple is how it felt. Because when you walk down the street, that's how it presents. Exactly. Right. Which is disappointing, isn't it? When you're, yeah. when you're the special thing that queer is. And it feels, I think because of the invisibility of it, it feels harder to, to create queer community. Because mm. nobody's going to approach you about it. Yeah. About like becoming part of their queer community if they don't know that you're queer. Right. No, because they're right? going to so assume you have a husband and you're heterosexual. Right. So the onus is always on on you. Right. Yeah. What did you do to remain a part of the community or, or, or were you able to? I didn't really. I didn't have that much queer community when I came out. You know, we were living in Kentucky and most of my friends were like from college or from high school. Like I just. You know, I had a couple queer friends, but not many. And then we moved to the Bay Area, which is like the queer capital of the world, right? <laughs> and I worked with all these queer people, this cool writing job. And I just still was felt totally closeted and didn't know how to come out because it was work too. Like it felt weird to, I didn't know how to come out at work somehow. Right? Yeah. And especially bringing him, like, you know, my husband would like come to the work events. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like what, what am I going to do? Like announce it at a staff meeting? Like FYI, y'all, I like the ladies too, you know? <laughs> and then those questions that you talked about, like I felt a similar, as you would expect, like the close, like feeling like the closet door closing or feeling particularly straight, right? When I got married, I felt it again when I got pregnant and had a baby. Yeah. So talk about that. I think it's like, an- like you were talking about Robin, it's like another, just like, stereotypical woman box right and the stereotypical woman right is a straight woman and i think that like i just felt seen very seen as being very straight having a baby with my husband you know like it just felt so you know it's the way that like i think a lot of mothers experience it like you just are constantly being seen as a mother once you have a baby you Um, lose a bit of yourself sometimes when you have a, a baby yeah and so i went through sort of like after i think Two years, once my son was two, I went through like a second kind of coming out where I think that's when I really grew my queer community and started doing all those awkward conversations. Like what? And was this your second kid or first? No, it was my first kid. I was like coming out of the fog of of motherhood, of that early motherhood and feeling like like, I lost myself. Yeah, exactly. I felt Mm -hmm. like I had lost myself and coming back into myself was like a full needed to be the complete self. Did you have a conversation with your husband at that, your partner at that time? I did. I mean, I told him, but he's always in the conversation. So it's not like anything around that is ever new to him, you know, but I told him that I was like, I was feeling it more and more. And like, I needed to like, I needed to be, I'm sure I said louder and prouder, you know, (laughs) I didn't, and I didn't know how to do it. Like, I think I talked to him about like, feeling like it was a conundrum. Right. Like how do I be outer and louder and all of that? Yeah. How do you, what do you do? What did you do? I think I slowly came out to my writing group. I'm in a queer writing group and I was 
I was sort of an interloper in in this queer writing group. It's not like you had to be queer to be part of it. (laughs) And I came out to a bunch of different friends who were newer friends who I had never come out to, two of the people who are in the writing group who are married. And I was at their house and I was like, okay, I have to come out to them. They're really my good friends, you know, but I had never said it. And like, they knew my family and everything. And I had that heart beating fast, Mm. you know, I was totally nervous, even though they're not going to care. Right. And I said, you know, I have to tell you something. And I told them and they, and one of them said, well, yeah, we just assumed. (laughs) (laughs) And I said, really? And she said, yeah, we just gave you the benefit of the doubt. (laughs) The benefit of the doubt. That's the best. Which I thought was really great. That's That's awesome. awesome. Yeah. Listen up, folks. We have all heard about the amazing benefits of yoga, right, Robin? Increased Mm -hmm. strength, better flexibility, improved mental focus, all of the good stuff. Mm -hmm. But many of us have tried yoga and never gone back. I'm pointing at someone in the screen with me or have been afraid to try because of how intimidating the experience can be. That was me. Yes. Enter Bulldog Yoga. Bulldog Yoga Online is about taking the intimidation out of yoga and replacing it with music, smiles, and no judgment. I am really a fan of this app. Jamie, you're going to be surprised it. to hear I am too. I know. Because, I'm so happy because for Bulldog you. Online is about making yoga fun. And mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's fun. And, yep. and Bulldog streaming online classes are available on demand anytime, anyplace on my schedule, which I yes. love. And mm-hmm. Bulldog even has classes for kids and teens. So that you can get your bulldog on and get moving with the whole family or have them do a class without you like I do. I should do that. I should go really do, do some that. yoga. Leave me alone. Well, I should have my kids do a yoga class. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. There are choices for all levels from beginner classes to heart pumping workouts, which I love. Mm-hmm. And there are tons of class length options to fit your schedule because classes range from 12 to 60 minutes. And 12 minutes is just about the right length for my active seven-year-old. I'm gonna try that. I'm gonna do that, Robin, thanks. No problem. There's really something special about getting down on your mat and taking some time for yourself, undistracted you time. I like to get my oil diffuser going and light a candle. I really make an event of it. Even if it's just for 12 minutes, it really is so worth it just for my mental state. That's a commitment, Jamie. But it's true. (laughs) Spending time on yourself is so important, especially right now. Mm -hmm, It's true. So, guys, try your first 30 days for free at bulldogonline.com. That's bulldogonline.com. And use the code OCT and you're going to get an additional 50% off your first paid month. Again, one more time, bulldogonline.com. Coupon code OCT. Go do that Namaste. Light a candle. Namaste. Tell us more about like finding community and about how it is in your life today, like how you claim it in a day to day basis or or just is it just a state of being? Mostly it was around me just feeling like. For my mental health, almost like I needed to connect to being queer more and have more queer community in my life. And so that's happened. Like, I feel like I have lots of queer friends now. And it also feels important. The writing group is during the pandemic, we've started to meet once a week, which it used to be less. And now it just feels like kind of a constant connection, which is really nice. And, you know, writing groups are special because you're writing like you're writing this very personal stuff, whether it's even if it's fictionalized. So that feels like a big deal. And then I think just between my partner and I just I think there's more of a claiming of it and and him too, like 
I feel like he has also been a big contributor as well of bringing queer friends into our circle. And how is it with your kids and talking about it with your kids? Like, what's the like we talk a lot about dropping the seed method and and, you know, building the origin story with our kids. Like, how do you approach that with your kids or have you? I haven't really talked about it with my younger one, with my son. To be honest, I don't even know what my son knows because, you know, you tell your kids things and it's hard to know what they hold on to. Mm -hmm. But it feels like there's some like mirroring of me trying to come out to all these people in my life and also with my son. Like, I feel like I am like, I'm also looking for the moments when I get to be like, and mommy's queer too, you know, (laughs) (laughs) like just recently his teacher was doing a Black Lives Matter coloring book, like workbook with them. Mm -hmm. And one of the pages was trans affirming. Mm -hmm. There was gender affirming. There was a queer affirming. And I flipped through it and I found the queer affirming page. And I was like, look at this. This is queer affirming. Do you know what, you know, (laughs) like, do you know what queer is? And I don't remember what he said. And I was like, mommy's queer. (laughs) And he was just like, yeah, whatever. Like, he's just like, you know, it's totally my agenda. And I feel like I tell him sometimes and probably does know because I feel like he knows much more than I give him credit for. Well, and it just matters that you're saying it and then you'll build on it and there'll be longer conversations when he's older. Yeah. Right. Or when they are older, both of them. Yeah. And I imagine you kind of have to affirm it even more than we do to him because like at least our kids, like they see it and they're like, well, yeah, I have two moms. Obviously, I'm I'm a little different here, but you have to you're going to have to really keep on it or else it'll just fall by the wayside. Exactly. I think some of that helps by just like the people that we bring over the house, which for the last year is nobody. But, you know, being like, we're going to, you know, Jen and Ellen's wedding or like, you know what I mean? Just like constantly around it, which is that feels like half the battle kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm thinking a little bit about like when we speak with Queer Spawn, who are children of LGBTQ couples, mm-hmm. they identify very strongly with the queer community. However, when they grow up and leave the house, and if they are not necessarily queer in their sexuality, all of a sudden they are ousted from the queer community. And it's a really, really big heartache to them. And it's really hard for them because queerness is their family and queerness is, is how they identify. And so they have the struggle of getting back to the queer community and how do I get myself back in that space? And I feel like it's kind of a very similar experience to what you're describing, just trying to to find the space in the queer community where you fit because you identify so strongly as queer. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's like the quintessential bisexual experience that like in queer community, you're never queer enough. Right. And then in straight community, you're too queer, you know? Right, right. Of like yeah. That yearning that I feel to like, to come out to people, I could see like from the straight side, like, why does she always need to do that? Like, why does she need to say who she, de- who she desires? Right, right, right. When people are always like, I don't talk about what I do in my bed. It's not about that. When you come out, whether it be queer or lesbian or gay, whatever it is, you are claiming a piece of yourself. That would be like me never saying like, I'm an actor, I'm a writer. Like, it's just like, you like these are parts of who you are and and yeah. you need to say it so that it lives out in the world and you want to be seen yeah for your wholeness right yeah at the time when i when i wanted to come out right when my partner and i had gotten engaged we had a conversation around it cuz he didn't really understand it it was that exact conversation he was like why would you need to tell people like 
what you do in your bed or whatever, right. you know? And I was like, it's, it's about my, it's about my whole self. Like it's about yeah. who I am and my identity. It's not just about that. Yeah. There must be people who feel differently. I don't know. I think there are probably a lot of queer people in heterosexual relationships who are afraid to expose their true selves because of exactly what you're describing. Like, why, why do you need to? Why, why would you need to say that? Because you're, you're, you're in a relationship. You're staying in that relationship. We don't need to know what's going on in the bed. So I imagine there's a lot more. Que- My point is there's a lot more queer people than the world is letting on. Yeah. <laughs> Just assume everyone's queer instead of the other way around. I basically exactly. do that. I do do that. Everybody's gay in my book. But, it, but it's like I did a panel last year for Pride and there was this woman on it who was married and she came out as bisexual on the panel. Because at first I was like, why is she on this panel? I was like, is she moderating? I was like, does she work at the company? And then in the middle of the panel discussion, she came out as bi. And it was like, I could see how how hard it was for her, like in that moment, like she started crying and and her husband was like there. And it was just like, and he was so supportive. And I thought that was the most fucking awesome thing to like see him sit there and have it not be about him in any way. And it was just about her claiming her space. And and I and I remember at the time thinking to do that after you're married is so brave mm. because mm. the confusion from straight people and then the like you said, the judgment maybe from the LGBTQ mm-hmm. community. Like, that's a lot to face. Yeah. It's so, true. I mean, I applaud you for just like claiming your space and saying this is who I am and people need to know that this is who I am. All of me. Loud and proud. <laughs> you know, I think about the, I've written about that moment of like waiting for a space in the double conversation. Dutch. Right. That's exactly, that's it. I was doing the double Dutch, like waiting yeah, to yeah. jump into the double Dutch ropes. Like that's what it feels like for the conversation, like waiting for the conversation to turn towards anything regarding sexuality or identity or like bras or Wanda Sykes or, you know, anything, (laughs) even in the ballpark. It's funny you you should mention basketball. (laughs) I am also a queer woman who enjoys basketball. The change that really needs to happen in society. And here I go. Instead of just assuming everybody is heterosexual, we all need to assume everybody is queer. And then we go from there. Or what if we just don't assume it all? Yep. Robin, your eyes look so bright. Mm-hmm. Are, are you wearing oh, makeup? I am. I decided oh. it's time to step up my COVID look. Okay. I'm wearing my new Thrive Cosmetics Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara mm-hmm. and Brilliant Eye Brightener in the shade of Stella. You like? I do like. You actually look really good. Stop saying actually, Jamie. I mean, you do. I'm being true, but I love Thrive Cosmetics. I actually switched over to them years ago when I learned about their clean beauty standards, their omission of toxic ingredients and how they're cruelty-free by never testing on animals. All of Thrive Cosmetics products are formulated without parabens, sulfates, and phthalates. And I got rid of all that crap in my life when I was trying to get pregnant. And I still haven't really gone back, especially with my makeup. So well, I'm I love a fan. Them. I'm a fan now, too. I, I mean, and I, you know, I love it when a product is actually good for you and the environment and it looks good. Well, guess what, Robin? You're going to love this little tidbit, too. Mm-hmm. Thrive Cosmetics has a bold mission that is truly bigger than beauty. For every product purchase, Thrive Cosmetics donates to help women thrive. Mm. Examples, women emerging from homelessness, surviving domestic abuse, fighting cancer and more like it's really great. 
Well, Jimmy, that makes this mascara feel even better. (laughs) And you know what else is cool about it? It's ingredients support longer, stronger, and healthier looking lashes over time. I I like mine. I know. I also love my Bright Balance 3-in-1 Cleanser. Mm -hmm, It's an mm -hmm. all-in-one cleanser that removes everything in a single step. I cannot be bothered with multiple steps. Not in my Mm -hmm. life. No, thank you. And... I just got their liquid balm lip treatment, which I'm very happy with. My lips feel hydrated and smooth. I'm very happy. Very happy. Well, that is so good to know, Jamie. Even though they're under a mask. Listen, I'm loving Thrive Cosmetics. Their products work really well, and I love their clean beauty standards, and their bigger than beauty mission. You guys should all switch over to Thrive. You just have to visit thrivecosmetics.com slash OCT for 15% off your first order. Okay, guys, this is an exclusive offer you can only get here. So that's Thrive C-A-U-S-E-Medics.com slash O-C-T. You see what they did there? C-A-U-S-E. I do. I love it. I love it. And you're going to get 15% off your first order. ThriveCosmetics.com slash O-C-T. You, you talk about this in your writing also, right? I do. I've written about it, but I don't know. I don't think I've published anything about it. I've been published on lots of motherhood stuff. I, I mean, I feel like we should talk about that uh, stuff yeah. because I feel like we're really going to get deep in this. Because you're we're working <laughs> oh, okay. on a, a book on mom rage, right? Yes. Yes. I understand mom rage. I get that. Mom rage is kind of the the colloquial term for moms losing their minds and being <laughs> absolutely furious. And it stems from overwhelming stress from modern motherhood and a lack of support both in the home and the family system and also in societal structures. And it affects moms globally from all socioeconomic levels. So true. It's so hard. Yeah. And it's especially highlighted this year as right. moms have just been dumped on, basically. Yeah. You cannot have it all, even though they tell us we can. You cannot. Right. I would say you can do everything about 75% if you're really firing on all cylinders, Yeah, which means you're failing a lot, or I should say I'm failing a lot. Yeah. So you're writing a whole book on this. So like, how did you break this up? What, what's, what are we talking about? Well, I started writing a book because I wrote these two articles that were in the New York Times about mom rage. One was an essay where I like viscerally described mom rage, my <laughs> own personally, And I got such a huge response. That is what made me write the book is that the response was so, so humongous. I just started, I got, you know, hundreds of messages from moms from around the world, from Bali to Australia, to Israel, to Canada, to all over America. And each email was the same. It was like, I've never written to anyone who's ever written anything before. (laughs) I can't believe I'm writing to you. I'm hysterically crying as I write this. I think I'm the worst mother in the world. I thought it was all alone. Every email, Ugh. like it's all the same. Yeah. Wow. So you really hit the nail on the head right there with this. It's so true. It is the hardest job in the world. It is the hardest job in the and world. And you do feel also- alone and like yeah. you're doing it horribly. Yeah. Always. Always. Yeah. And that's why we need support and we need community. Yeah, totally. And I don't think there's ever a time where the people won't want that book. There's never a moment in, in time where moms are going to all of a sudden not have mom rage. No, it's always going to be there. You're right. Ugh. Yeah, that's so sad to say, but yeah. <laughs> Both Mary and I have mom rage and we split the things down the middle. So it's not a roles issue. Everything's fair. and it's, it's, it's that parenting is hard. I'm interested to hear that because I'm looking for more queer moms who are partnered with women who have that is kids me and Jamie. that perspective. And yeah. we yell at our children a lot if you want to hear our perspective. We sure do. <laughs> <laughs> because a lot of the moms that, you know, 
Momridge is not always directed at the kids. So sometimes it's at the kids and sometimes it's at the partners. And mm-hmm. sometimes it's just like, it could be at men in general. I mean, it could be like, it can be larger. Yeah. It's often about the patriarchy and their male partner stands in as, as the patriarchy. Yeah, yeah. I can see that. Yeah. Well, you yeah. need to tell everyone where they can get in touch with you because they're going to, like, every person who listens to this podcast is going to want to read about Mom Rage when your book does come out. So right. tell people how they or can read follow the you and, and, yeah, and, and also read, yeah, read your old stuff. Sure. I'm probably most, mostly on Instagram. And my handle is momlists, plural, because I did a project called Mom Lists and I never changed it. I post as much as I can on there about Mom Rage related stuff when I, either write it or find it. And then if you go to my website, which is minadubin.com, I have the links to everything, to all the NYT Mom Rage articles and basically everything I've ever written that's ever been published is on there. So have at it. That's Amazing. great. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing your story with I us. I know. Yeah. Thanks for having thanks me. Thanks for taking that space. Thank you for having me on. It was so fun. Oh, Minna. Minna. That was a good conversation. It was good. I said she's in a tough spot mm-hmm. to have to constantly come out as queer just over and over and over again. And my heart goes out to her for that. That must take a it's lot. It's hard. I mean, we know what it's like to have to come out over and over. And yeah. this is on a whole nother level. But you got to like, claim it. Mm-hmm. You got to claim it or you're going to lose yeah. it in some weird way. Yeah, that's I know it's true. I love that she also talks about mom rage because I feel like you and I have something in common in that <laughs> so much we mom both rage. have so much mom rage. Like I know I'm on this high <laughs> from doing such an excellent job of taking care of my children. But you For know, by the time my children come home today, it's we're going, we're going. It's gone. Actually, you know what? To be quite honest, it, 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 a mom rage showed up yesterday. Like I only had one day of, of proud, <laughs> of, of glow. <laughs> Oh, well, that was a great interview. And thank you to your friend, Jesse, for pointing us. And Thanks, thank you Jessie. for that feedback on the social. You know, we'll, we always take the feedback. I mean, I think it could be nicer. <laughs> I'm happy. <laughs> we always take that feedback. So thank we you. We get positive and negative feedback and we try to do our best to. We're better about that than we used to be. About about like it not hurting our feelings. We were like wounded puppies. We, I still am <laughs> a wounded puppy when we get it. But we do our best to include everyone and to try to make sure everybody is heard and to try not to get too hurt by the negative comments. I know. But, you know, they do sting. <laughs> they do a little bit. <laughs> but we're trying. We really are. Well, while you're cleaning your wounds, <laughs> go get our book, If These Ovaries Could Talk, The Things We've Learned About Making an LGBTQ Family. You can get it at all major retailers. And if you want to buy it locally, just check IndieBound. Mm-hmm. You can get the audiobook of us reading to you, which is, I don't know, sometimes nice. Our dulcet That's tones. available on Amazon and iTunes. And if you do get it, don't be afraid to review us on Amazon and Goodreads. Even if you don't get God's it, sakes. I don't know, we'll take it. Yeah. All yeah. right, so guys, it's time for us to say goodbye because we have talked your ears off and we are slap happy. So let's keep the conversation going. We are always on the social. You can join us on Ovaries Talk on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. If these ovaries could talk on YouTube, where you can see recordings of all of our live streams. And don't forget, we have those live streams live on Facebook and YouTube every Thursday at 4 p.m. So don't miss those because those are fun because you can interact with us. Eastern. Eastern. Thank you. Eastern. Yes, Eastern. And please also, if you can, support the podcast and join our community on Patreon at patreon.com slash ovaries talk. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N. And you're going to get all kinds of fun bonus content. And if you have any ideas for more bonus content, let us know. Yes. Because we're all about it. And thank you to our sponsors, Thrive Cosmetics, Bulldog Yoga, and a huge thank you to all you folks that are already our Patreons. 
you're helping us make this show and we literally couldn't do it without you. So we thank we you. We couldn't. So thanks again, guys. Thanks for tuning in. <sighs> Let's leave on a good note, Jamie. Let's leave on a high. Eggs. Ovaries. Out. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> if these uh, uh, ovaries could talk, they would say. Eggs, ovaries, out. <laughs>